Hey everybody, welcome back to the second non-cathedra segment that I'll be doing. And I'm glad you came. Now, as you can see, my surroundings are a little bit different. I look like I'm in the office of a Central American dictator. But if you can, uh, if you can get over that, I think we'll have a good episode today. So stick around. Today's non-cathedra is going to be about Patience and architecture. Now, a lot of times you may think to yourself, what is the relationship between those two? I mean, on the one hand, you can think about the fact that architecture takes a long time to build. A lot of times a project these days takes one to two years to complete. But I mean beyond that. I mean patience in a deeper sense because the focus of our podcast is how do we return to beauty? How do we create beautiful churches again? That is a question that we wrestle with really on a daily basis. And so that's, that's what I want to talk to you about today. One of the things that we're going to have to really get good at to improve our churches is being patient. Now, what do I mean by that? What I mean is that great buildings, not good buildings, but great buildings, are built over generations. They're not built in one go. And I think that in, t- in today's culture, you know, we're, we're the microwave culture. We expect to be able to pop something into the microwave and it's ready in 30 seconds. And I think we've grown accustomed to that. But the reality is that great things take a long time. Beauty, art, take a long time. How long are we talking? Generation, 50 years? How about 100 years? How about 150 years? How about 800 years for the great Gothic cathedrals? Notre Dame took 800 years to be fully complete. Do we have that kind of patience? Are we able to really wait and to know that the contributions we're making today are not going to be the end, but only the beginning that then someone else will take up and continue and then another generation will take up and continue. And this is going to go on for many generations and the final product will be way, way down the line. Are we prepared for that? My experience says that we're not there yet, that our society is not built that way. I mean. In our experience in architecture, and, and here's the thing, like I'm no different. I'm also part of the, of the a person that needs to change, that needs to grow in this way. But just generally speaking, when someone decides to donate to a capital campaign for a new building, they want to know that the money that they're putting in is something that they'll get to see, something that they'll be able to enjoy to some level. And so the thought that you might be donating to a capital campaign to build the corner of a church or to build the crypt, but that's it. I think people have a really hard time with that. You know, like uh, that's just something that is beyond what you are willing to be patient for. You know, let's, let's take another example. Let's say you're doing a school and in that school, you donate towards a new building. Well, you hope that your children will be able to enjoy it, you know, that within your lifetime, you'll be able to see the fruits of that labor. And so there's something reasonable about that. It's not 
it's not unreasonable to want things to be finished quickly and technology has progressed such that we can build faster. But yet, too many times what I see is that we build churches where we have to compromise quite a bit. And why do we compromise? We compromise because you couldn't afford to make it quite as tall as it should be. You couldn't quite afford to put the tower in. But rather than thinking generationally and saying, okay, we can't afford the tower. Okay, we can't afford to make it as tall as we should make it. How can we phase this building? You know, I, I think phasing is something that we are very comfortable doing horizontally. What we need to begin to do, and this falls squarely on architects, how do we go back to phasing, phasing vertically? not just horizontally. How do we go back to building structures that can serve a community for 50 years, but then you can come back and continue to add to it? A lot of times the way we build now, the, the finished product is it, and it is difficult to change or adapt the building because of the way that it's constructed. And so I think that that is a challenge to architects to begin to think about how to phase horizontally and vertically. But here's the thing. It's not just a problem of our generation. In fact, you know, in reading Ralph, Adam, Ralph Adams Cram, the architect, reading his book, which is not a very exciting title, On Church Building, <laughs> that book talks about how he had similar struggles. This was in the 1900s, and people wanted their churches to be built and done within their lifetime. The idea that, think that buildings would go on for generations is a difficult and challenging concept. So I found a little bit about patience in a very unexpected place. So I don't think, if you don't know this, you will find this out very soon, but I'm a very big fan of Pope Benedict XVI. And in one of his books, in fact, it's the infancy narrative, that he put out back in his, his trilogy about Jesus. So it's the shortest book, but at the very end of that book, he talks about Mary and Joseph, but he talks about Mary when she finds Jesus in the temple. After those probably incredibly anxiety-ridden days, he finds Jesus, and it says that when Jesus says to her, you know, why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I would be in my father's house? It says that Mary didn't quite understand what, why he said that. And it talks about how at that moment in time, it was something that she didn't grasp. It was something that she had to wrestle with. And you actually hear this about Mary several times. You hear this at the Annunciation, you hear it at other moments where she ponders deeply the things that are happening because she does not fully understand it. And yet, over time, she continues to wrestle and kind of be deep into the mystery. And over time, it is revealed to her what a lot of these things meant. Well, she is the model for patience. She is the model for what I am talking about. And in fact, I would argue that this plays a little bit also into the liturgy. You know, a lot of times, people want the liturgy to be very straightforward and easy to understand. 
And obviously that has its benefits and that there is a place for that because you do want people to be able to participate and not get lost. But also I think we should be challenged. We should be, we should be okay with the fact that we may not understand everything the first time around. And in fact, I would argue that if you think you understand the mass fully, then you're kind of fooling yourself. There's so much more, so much depth that we really have to wrestle with our whole lives. So that same patience, that same concept that Mary would ponder and think about all of these deep mysteries, these events in her life, I think has resonance in architecture. I think that that is almost how we should think about our buildings. When we begin a church, that is all we're doing. The first, the first pass, if you will, or the first time you complete a church, you should think of it as a first building stone that is going to continue. A church is never truly finished. It can always be embellished. It can always be improved. And the way that we should conceive of our church design is such that it can be added onto, that it can be made more beautiful by each passing generation so that over time, the beauty of the liturgy is revealed in the beauty, the growing beauty of the church building. So that's really where I think we need to prayerfully consider that as people who design churches in my case, but then also as congregations, as people who contribute to capital campaigns, as pastors who begin projects, how do we think generationally in that great Catholic tradition? I mean, this is such a fundamental you know, tradition in the church, that churches are generational, multi-generational projects. And I feel like that's something that we need to rediscover and that we need to find once again. Again, do, do you think we have the patience to build something for 800 years? Wow. I, I mean, honestly, I don't think so. Without, without grace, there's no way that's gonna happen. So I'll close with an example of such a building. There is the monastery of Clear Creek in Oklahoma, Benedictines, and they are very much using this model where they began with a simple crypt. They then added onto it a nave on top of that. They then added an apse to the back of the church. They began with a, with a tower over the crossing in the church. And they're slowly adding, adding onto it. That's where they are now. But the goal is that the nave will one day be taller, that there will be a cupola over the crossing, that there will be a future, the future monastery will be expanded to connect to the church. That's a great model. That's a great model to follow because in their planning, in the way the church is built, it's, it's constructed and, and designed to be added onto and embellished over generations. So that's the challenge for all of us. Are we able to be patient? Are we able to think about architecture as something that reveals itself over many generations? See you next time.